You're listening to a podcast from the BMJ. Welcome to this Thorax podcast for Journal Club. Today I'm interviewing Dr. Palav Shah. Dr. Shah is a respiratory physician at the Royal Brompton Hospital, and today he's going to talk to us about an article that he first authored in The Lancet entitled Bronchoscopic Lung Volume Reduction with Exhale Airway Stents for Emphysema, the EASE trial, randomized sham-controlled multicenter trial. Dr. Shah, thank you for taking the time to record this podcast today. My pleasure. Could you start by telling us a little bit about the background to the study? Well, essentially, we're trying to find a way of treating patients with very severe emphysema with a lot of hyperinflation. Most of these patients are on maximal medical therapy and do not really have any treatment options. Uh, If they're young enough, then lung transplantation might be an option, but it's a group where even surgical lung volume reduction isn't appropriate. And the basic problem is is gross hyperinflation, which makes them feel very breathless. Can you tell us a little bit about the procedure that you used in the, in the trial? Okay, the procedure, we've sort of called it airway bypass. And essentially what it is is creating artificial airways or air passages between the lung parenchyma and the main bronchial passages. And the idea is that uh, it bypasses the normal routes of expiration, allowing trapped gas to, get, uh, to escape. If we can release trapped gas, then what happens is you reduce the lung volume and hopefully improve chest wall dynamics and improve breathlessness. And can you tell us a bit about the trial design? Okay, the trial was quite a unique study in the sense that for a clinical procedure, usually we tend to have either care series or occasionally randomized studies to uh, normal treatment. But what we wanted to do was uh, some of the endpoints of the studies were actually quality of life kind of parameters and MMRC change. So it was really important to do a randomized sham control study. And to achieve this, what we had was two teams uh, who, who were involved in the trial. There was the A team, which was involved with the assessment of the patients and no other uh, interaction. And then there's a B team, which is only involved in doing the bronchoscopy. So the B or the bronchoscopy team performed the procedure, were obviously not blinded to it, but the minute they did the procedure, uh, from that point onwards, all the care and all the clinical assessments were conducted by the assessment team, who had no idea what the patient had. And obviously the patient uh, all underwent sham procedures under general anesthetic, so none of them knew what they had had. So this was a genuine double-blind, randomized sham control study. And what were the key findings? Well, the key findings were that most of these patients had quite tremendous improvements in their lung function parameters and quality of life and breathlessness in the first uh, 24 hours. This kind of response lasted for a month, but unfortunately, the effect wore off over time, and the majority of people, after three to six months, were back to their previous level. How, how do you see these, this procedure being used in the future? Well, as, as we just mentioned, the limitation has been the duration of the response. And when we looked at this, uh, we looked at CT scans pre and post, and we looked at CT lung volumes in regions where the stents were put in, and, the main, and some of it also bronchoscopically. And then what the problem is that these stents tend to seal over and granulate, or the lung comes over it, or they get plugged off with mucus, there are a number of mechanisms, but the net effect is that the holes or the fenestrations or the airway passages that we create do not stay open for uh, longer than three, three months, really. 
so what we need to do is refine the technique a bit more and perhaps also refine the kind of stents that we're using so that they'll be patent for longer. So that's the next step in the sort of maturation of this process. That's great. So do you think that we'll be using these in clinical practice in the foreseeable future? I think what we need is some more clinical trials of the next generation. So unfortunately, because of the trial findings, instead of being into clinical practice in the next couple of years, I think we're going to be looking at the next uh, five to seven years. But uh, one of the advantages is that it showed us proof of principle. So there may be more than one way of achieving the same uh, objective. And also you can translate some of the findings into other clinical areas. For example, it gives us a way of a route into the lung. So we may be adapting this technology for completely novel uses in the future, such as diagnosis and treatment of lung cancer, for example. But I've just used that as a rough example. That's great. Dr. Shah, thank you very much. It's a very interesting study. And thank you for taking the time to discuss this with us today. Thank you very much. For more information about this program and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.